Welcome to the MetaZen Cabinet, where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. Episode 77, Burning Down the House. In this particular episode, we're going to be talking about how we can have major life experiences that can disrupt everything and bring life to a halt, and how it becomes our job to rebuild our lives from the mess, from the wreckage, and go on to be progressive, to go on to progress and move forward in life. If you are new to this episode, new to this podcast, what's up? Salutations. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And happy Thursday, friend. If you are coming back for another episode, what's up, cuz? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're back. I appreciate you. I hope you're making money and you're sleep, drinking all your water, getting your workout in, and feeling your best. I appreciate you. In the first segment of this episode, we are going to be talking about committing to living in reality. Yes. In the second segment, we're going to talk about making decisions that only support your self-care. And in the third segment, we're going to talk about rebuilding your life and seeing the value like all of all of my episodes, my intention for this episode is, again, to show you that you are not alone and that we can go through major life experiences. We can go through major hardships and that we can still find ways to rebuild and come back stronger, that we can take action even though we're scared, that we can push through even when we don't know what the result is going to be, and that one way or another, we can still find our way to a result. One way or another, we can still find ourselves victors. So let's jump in in three, two, one. Napoleon Hill said, when defeat comes, Accept it as a signal that your plans are not sound. Rebuild those plans and set sail once more toward your coveted goal. You already know that, you know, you're not no stranger to my situation and you know that period of my life where I told y'all about how I ended up losing everything. You know, pretty much I went through a period where God had to burn my house down for me to come out of it anew, for me to come out of it, you know, smarter, for me to come out of it with experiences and thoughts and purpose and passion that would propel me in the next chapter of my life and, you know, just for the rest of my life in general. You know, we've discussed it before, but, you know, back in 2018, I went through 
you know, a period where, what was it, 2018, 2017, I went through a period where, well, actually scratch that, let's take it back to the beginning. You know, back in like 20, between 2016 and 2018, I went through a period where I was laid off from fire from about maybe six to seven jobs within the scope of two years. And it was just so on and off. It was so up and down. I was on unemployment, then off, because I was working and on it again. Like, I think I was on unemployment, like about maybe four to five times within that time span. Like, it was crazy. It was unbearable. And it was just a mess. You know what I mean? And I became so frustrated. I became so depressed and I became so burdened, you know, because one, I felt like I wasn't doing something that I loved. Like, I felt like I was sacrificing so much to be unhappy. I felt like I was giving so much and wasn't getting enough back to feel good about myself and my life. And now it's hard to hang on to jobs, you know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, this one's lambing me off, this one's firing me, this one's lambing me off, this one's firing me. And I just couldn't feel good and confident about holding my own. And I just always nurtured that fear of what if I lose this place? Like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What if I lose this place? And like, I practiced that vision in my mind for about at least maybe three so years three almost four years like this was even before i started losing all the job but i had this fear and i just practiced and rehearsed this fear in my mind for years so when it finally came it really just rocked my world it put me in that place of just feeling like i had nothing and i had no one you know what I mean? I'm thankful, so thankful for my partner because there was a situation where I was just able to move in and we've been together 10 years and, you know, I was able for that. I was That was a, tra- a clean transition or whatever like that for me at that time. But yeah, I'm just so grateful for that. But just the, I'll never forget what it was like to have an hour and a half, I think, to get as much of my stuff out of my home as possible. Like I had the car and I had to run back and forth, you know, to my partner's house to drop clothes off, to drop off TVs, to drop off, you know what I'm saying, video game, like all types of stuff. And just the emotional turmoil of walking through the home and knowing that this is gonna be over. But I was 21, going on 22 when I moved up in here and now, I'm 28, you know, 20, I'm saying 27 or 28, and it's about to be over. And I'm about to live by someone else's rules, or I'm about to live in a home with someone else. And I'm about to start with that all over again. And that my independence and all the things that I've had, you know, that makes me me, all the things, the years I've put into maintaining this home and making it what it is, it's over. It is over. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a bigger part of me that was relieved, but it was also just that other half of me, that other part of me that just felt like, damn, I am a disappointment and I am a failure. How could I not make this work? Maybe I should have sacrificed even more. And I had nothing more to sacrifice. I had nothing more to give. Like, y'all gotta understand, I was living in a place where, you know, 
I have, you know, you know what I'm saying, like those times where my mouth be hurt, but I was having issues with the tube or something that needed to be pulled or whatever. And I would forego going to the dentist because I was just too scared to lose a job. I would forego calling off work at my foot or whatever, which is hurting too bad if I had a real bad cold to show up to work and not taking any days off and just not being kind to myself whatsoever. And when that period came where it was all over, and I had to get out and all of that, it just changed my life forever. I learned that there was a larger design at play for my life. I had to learn that God had a bigger plan for my life than what was going on. And I had reached the end of the road with this particular chapter. And it was just one of the things I've ever had to do. You know, it reminds me of being a kid and growing up and, you know, seeing my parents lose this place and lose their place. And maybe we got to go stay with grandma for a bit. Maybe we have to go, you know, we get a smaller apartment above a church because, you know, we just need to have a space of our own. We're used to living in homes, houses, and just all the adapting on the spot. And just the fact that I was just going through that, I just couldn't believe it, you guys. Like, I had to get in a place where I had to let go of the reality I knew and embrace a new one. I was moving in, you know what I'm saying, my partner's home, and at the time, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything to bring to the table. I felt so insecure. I felt like a leech. I felt just insignificant. I felt small, and it just, you know, it wasn't a good period for me. Like I told y'all from my previous episodes, I couldn't afford to buy food. I couldn't afford to buy tissue. I couldn't afford to do anything, and it was just one of the more vulnerable, you know what I'm saying, the vulnerable stages of my life where I just felt so exposed and I felt infantilized. I felt like a kid again, like a kid. And I found out, you know, as time progressed, that God was starting to from scratch, that God was giving me time to rest, that God, God was giving me time to heal, that God, that God saw that I was seething and I needed that time to ease my mind, to ease my heart, to let my soul get some rest. I would say for about maybe the first few months or so, you know, living with my partner after I lost my home, I slept so much because I was so sleep deprived. I was so tired. I was so exhausted. I didn't know what to do. You know, I just had to get to that place where I had to be committed to living in reality. When I say being committed to living in reality, it means getting to a place where you understand that your plans don't align with God's plans. So whatever you think your plans are, they're going to have to win because God has a chapter. God has a lesson. God has a puzzle, a riddle that he wants you to unravel, that he wants you to unpack, that he wants you to figure out. And figuring out this riddle is more important than anything you will do, anything else. This is the most important thing. So you need to let go of being 28 and not having a place to stay. Be 28 and you lost your apartment, you lost your car. You have to let go of that shame because the only reason you feel affected by losing these things is because of the fear and the shame of what other people will think of you. Other people thinking you're a bomb, other people thinking you can't hold your own, whatever. You had to let that, I had to let that go and learn to embrace the new reality and the new normal that God had for me. Thank <laughs> you.
Talisa said, you have to break yourself down to rebuild yourself stronger. A very common theme or consistent theme in my life that I've learned is that God has led me into so many interesting places and, you know, broken me down into molds, broken me, pulverized me down into pieces so I can be rebuilt into something stronger. And when I say break down, it's not like broken down, like hurt me or whatever, probably hurt it. It was uncomfortable in the process, but God has a way of seeing that what you are right now, the thing that you are that stands before me is more so dirt, it's probably more so rock, but the things that I have in store for you, you need to be marble, you need to be stone. And that will require me molding and remaking it to something stronger, something that, you know, doesn't wear or wear down as easily. And going through that period of my life where, you know, I like to call it when my house was born, uh, burned down, it rebuilt me in so many different ways. You know what I mean? It let open a floodgate of emotions. Like, I did so much crying in that period. I did so much crying and just so, just the overflow. It really put me in a situation to prioritize myself first and decide and determine what's best for me. You know, I had this thing about, you know, I wish it was something I felt like I could share with my family and kind of reach out and help, but I knew that it wasn't nothing that they can help me with. You know what I mean? Like, I had a few situations of being laid off and fired, and, you know, it just, you know, you can't help what you go through. You can't. People do the best they can, and I just went through a few situations where it's just like, I didn't want to be a better to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I struggled and suffered with a lot of guilt with being a burden to my partner for the, you know, the first while of, you know, living in this home because, you know, it's just someone like you're an adult, you're a grown man. Someone have to be there and do things for you and support you the way a parent supports a child. And, you know, it took a lot of time and effort to overcome that shame. You know, I, you know, the people pleasing me started resurfacing again because I wanted to be clear and show my gratitude as blatantly as I could. And, you know, because I wanted him to be clear that I appreciate what you're doing, you know, and I appreciate it all the time. And I just don't take any of this for granted. And I appreciate you being here for me at a time in my life where you know, things are just falling apart and there are just major changes coming on. You know, we probably had talks about moving in together over the years, but we never thought it would be a situation where I would, someone would be moving in in an emergency kind of thing. You know what I mean? And just the way it happened, uh, you know, I used to have a lot of icky feelings about it, but I had to learn to let those things go. Going through that period in my life, I had to see myself for who I was and learn that I was in a place where I was comfortable suffering and sacrificing myself in whatever way, shape, or form I needed to just to pay my rent. And that didn't make me feel good. That wasn't allowing me to progress and move forward because one, it was unfair to me, and two, it was unsustainable. I was suffering from so much scarcity, so much 
lack mindset that, you know, I was just so furious with myself and frustrated with myself and not being able to move forward and making the kind of leaps and progress I wanted to make. It wasn't until I moved in with my partner that I actually started meditating, that I actually started working out, that I actually started getting more organized. And I actually started pulling myself together. You know, it wasn't until I, I was able to, I lost my home when my house got burned down that I saw the value in making decisions that supported my own self-care. When I had my own home, I was so dedicated about showing up to everybody's events, showing up to everybody's stuff, and no one ever came to my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can count on my one hand people that came over my house, but I was in my home for almost, what, six, seven years, and, you know what I mean? Like, my parents never came over, you know... <laughs> You know, I think uh, my siblings, like my brother, my brother, my sister both came over once. And, you know, it's just like, it, it reminded me of reality. <laughs> and that thing of getting back to reality. Just because you go to everybody's house to go see them and all this all the time, it doesn't necessarily mean that people will come over there to see you. You know, even with going over their house, I just say, I'm coming over there. But when it came to come off my house, it was a thing of, you know, you never gave an invite and stuff like that. And, you know, I just felt like it was just always different kinds of excuses. It was just, more than anything, I was in a place where I was overextending myself and I wasn't loving myself in the way that I needed. But without the burden of rent and managing the household, you know, I was able to see myself more clearly. I was able to see my situation more clearly. I was able to see all the scarcity that, you know what I'm saying, havoc on my mindset, on my soul set, in my heart, and just all the ways I was living from lack and not being kind to myself. And Lander said, opportunities are usually disguised as hard work. So most people don't recognize them. For those of you who are still wondering, my partner and I still, you know, we still live and cohabitate together. You know what I mean? But I'm just a much more different person than I am. I'm actually thriving now and I'm more kind to myself. And my life looks a lot different than it did when I was in my home. It took my house being burned down to for me to quit weed and to quit, you know, to quit that whole lifestyle. It took my house being burned down to value working out more, to value cooking more, to learn more about cooking. It took me burning my house down for me to get studio equipment and to invest in my craft and my art. It took burning my house down for me to start this podcast. It has taken, you know what I'm saying, burning my house down has launched so many different things in my life. Burning my house down has unearthed so many different sides of me. And it has been a joy. Burning my house down has, you know, gave me the courage to separate myself from elements and people and different things that just don't mean me well as support my visions, support my self-image and how I see myself and how I want my life to be. It has just given me a bunch of courage to do all the things I've never wanted to do. 
So many of us, we come into these periods where we lose things, where God takes something suddenly. We lose a car, we lose our home, we're homeless, we lose our job. You know, we, you know what I'm saying? We have to give something up and something, you know, happens. And we can spend years, we can spend so much time and anger lingering and harping on what it was and how it made you feel good and what it made your life look like and, you know, how people were able to perceive you because you had this thing and it keeps you from accepting reality as it is. And I want to tell you that it's that it's okay to grieve that thing not being in your life. I still have moments where I grieve, you know, my home because I was there, you know, like I told you, I was 21 when I first moved in there and I was almost 28 when I left. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like it was a big deal for me. You know, being, you know, uh, just, you know, seeing my partner, my partner's, you know, a little bit older than me, but seeing my partner take so much pride in his home and shop for lamps and shop for smart lights, you know, all types of different things to just personalize your home and make your life, make your home a home. It just reminds me of all the different ways I could have cared more for my home. You know, I was in my home for a long time before I even had a bed because I was so tight with money and strapped for cash that I didn't see myself as being worthy to have having a bed. So I had a couple couches and I so sleeping on the couch, I'll be okay. Like I didn't even have it myself to buy myself a couch. You know what I mean? But burning down my house has put me in a cell in a way, in a place to see myself a lot more clearly and see myself as valuable, as deserving, as worthy of all things. And now I'm able to make decisions that support my mental health and that supports my self-care without a blink. I'm able to say no and I'm able to prioritize what matters to me effortlessly. Anne Grant said, Grief is perhaps an unknown territory for you. You might feel both helpless and hopeless without a sense of map for the journey. Confusion is the hallmark of a transition. To rebuild both your inner and outer world is a major project. And quite frankly, nothing defines this chapter of my life better than being a major project. You know what I mean? I just, it takes so much effort. It takes so much building. It takes so much discipline and consistency. It takes so much desire and intention. It just takes all of those things and more to connect the dots of this chapter and the previous chapter into something larger and bigger. But one thing that I know about life is that life has a way of coming back around and showing you why this happened, why that happened, why this occurred, why you had to let this person go, why you had to leave this job behind, why you had to move out of there, and just have, it has a way of connecting all the dots and being cohesive, being comprehensive, and just, you know, connecting all the dots so you can see why certain things had to happen. You know, we can have so many hangups and be so hung up on how we want things to be that we can overlook the connection of the dots. We don't see the patterns and we don't get a chance to understand for ourselves why certain things had to transpire to get us to how we feel and how we think today, to get us to be the person who we are today, right now. 
You may feel like your life is a mess. You may feel like the idea of rebuilding your life from scratch, rebuilding your life from nothing is overwhelming. And let me tell you something. It is. But the thing that I've learned about it is once you do it, you know that it's something you can do. You know, that is a strength. That is a skill that you have in your pocket. You know, one thing that I've losing my home has taught me that to have more compassion. You know, if you go over a relative's house or a friend's house and you see someone that's couch surfing, you see someone that's sleeping on a pallet, someone that may be homeless that doesn't have anywhere to stay, that may be just at their lowest low or whatever, you never know what someone's story is. You know, when you see people out on the street begging for change or asking for change or, you know, whatever, you never know what their story is. When you're walking and you see someone on the street with a box and living outside in the rain with their dog or whatever, you never know what their story is. You know, people would have you think that people that are homeless, people that go through hard, major hardships or lose everything in life are people who are lazy, people who didn't do enough to cut the mustard or whatever, but you never know what people's stories are. And everyone has a story. You may see this person for five, ten years, you know, outside begging on the street or whatever, but you never know how life can come back around and that person can pull it together and be someone you don't even recognize. It's definitely allowed me to have compassion and openness for another, you know, a whole other sector of people. If nobody told you, allow me. There is no extra credit for making it to the end of your life without ever losing everything, without ever getting it wrong, or without ever making any mistakes. The beautiful thing about making mistakes, the beautiful thing that I enjoy about my life, my experience is that I was 28 when I lost everything. I was still pretty, very young and still very flexible. And it was a very pivotal time in my life for me to learn new things and to rebuild my life and to put things back in order and to focus on me and to prioritize me. There are so many people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and who has never lost everything and they have that lingering fear all the time and everything that they do you know what I mean about losing everything there are people who have lost everything and went on to pull it together and they still have that fear about it all being gone tomorrow it's a matter of your attitude it's a matter of how you think it comes down to what you think but for myself Going through that period of losing everything, especially after fearing it for so many years and it actually happening, and seeing myself come out of it and being able to rebuild my life and put my life back together has empowered me beyond all measure. It has given survival skills a whole new terminology, a whole new meaning. You know, it took me to just to learn that Everything is temporary. Losing my home and showed me that everything was temporary. I remember how young I was when I first saw that place and just the way I had that thing in my heart that said, this is mine. This is mine. It is so clean and pretty and beautiful. It's small as a studio apartment, but this is mine. And then in that same instance, you know, almost seven years later, in that same situation where it's like, 
this is no longer mine. I have to release this. I have to release this back into the universe. You know, we go through those periods where we understand and learn. We have to declutter. We have to release things back to God, release things back into the universe so we can have more because we can't take it all. We can't just accumulate it all and take it all with us. If I would have passed away still living there and living the life that I was living, you know, that wouldn't have been good for me. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have been happy about that because even though I was being very independent, taking care of myself and living on my own terms, that the way I liked back then, I didn't live a life that I was proud of. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I felt like professionally I was a doormat. I was just doing whatever it was I had to do just so I could keep food on the table and pay the bill. And it didn't make me feel good. I felt like I over-sacrificed. I felt like... You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I didn't really have anything to be grateful for. And I know that's a large part of why things went south because I no longer had that sense of gratitude. I no longer had that sense of thankfulness for having the privilege of having my own home. I'm able to see now that I took the time taking a lot of things for granted and I became a small brat that just wanted to have his way and for things to go well. And most times, you know, I didn't have to do, I shouldn't have to do any work for things to go my way. I should just be able to have things my way because I went through a lot of life where I didn't get my way. So just because I'm deciding I should get my way now, you know, I wasn't the kind of person back then that took a whole lot of action on the things that were important to me personally, the things that were important to me creatively. Now I am, you know what I mean, burning down my house left room for me to create this podcast at a time where things were dying and things were slim. I had nothing. I was on the tail end of my unemployment and, you know, it just wasn't looking good. But this podcast was born out of a conflict in my life where I didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like. I didn't really have much to look forward to. But it gave me the ingenuity, it gave me the empowerment to know that, you know what I'm saying, at the time, I could be at a low, I could be so low in my life, I can feel uninspired and unencouraged, but I can still find that the energy and I can find the power to inspire and motivate others still while having nothing that I can be on my last $10 and I can still find the courage and nerve to get on this microphone and inspire others who may have nothing, who may have everything, but just still, you know, need some sort of inspiration, need just an encouraging word that lets me know that despair, lets me know that despair doesn't have to rule you. It doesn't have to run your life, that you can be sad, that you can be uncomfortable, that you can feel, you know, disempowered, that you can still take action and create something beautiful, that you can be intentional and create something that will outlast you. I'm not far from 100 episodes, but having this podcast has changed my life. It has changed the way I think, the way I talk, the way I feel. It has changed my life. That value can be replaced. Welcome to the air segment. In this segment, we challenge you to take action on things. We challenge you to be your best. And we challenge you to 
get new and improved and better results all the time. So as Evan Carmichael puts it, let's get your motivation to attend. I love that phrase. I love that quote. So the first letter is E, engross. Engross yourself in the idea, the possibility of living in reality and understanding that there are certain things in your life you're probably not going to do. There are probably certain things in your life that you're going to do. There are probably certain things in your life that's going to have to wait. There are probably certain things in your life that you're supposed to do, but you're going about it the wrong way. Maybe you're picking the hard route. Maybe you're picking the easier route. And life wants to throw a, throw a couple of bumps and curves in the situation to see how bad you really want it. But either way, you have to leave yourself open to live your reality to the point where you can stay objective and maintain a sense of logic and wondering, is this the best move for my game? Am I in touch with what I'm supposed to be doing? Maybe you have this deep desire to go get your education, get your bachelor's, but you probably didn't understand or recognize that you had to go through quitting three to four different universities or community colleges before you found a school where you would finally get your degree. Or maybe you had to go through quitting three or four colleges because you couldn't afford it to find the one job that had tuition reimbursement and that could help you pay for your education without you owing any debt. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways, as they say, to skin a cat. And we have to leave ourselves open to living in a reality where we can see that our way isn't the only way that matters. There can be other ways to go about doing things. There can be other ideas. God has a plan. God can have a plan that looks a lot different than what we totally thought. You know, it can look a lot different than how we thought this would go down. So we have to leave enough room for magic to happen. We have to leave enough room for life to happen. We have to leave enough room for reality to have a say. And let's not confuse this for being realistic, but just leaving enough room for life to happen. Sometimes we take all the energy and power for ourselves and just decide because it's not happening this time, it's never going to happen. Because every time I try to do it, it goes wrong and it blows up and it's not going to happen when it's supposed to just happen at its own time, when it has its own due date. And we just have to leave room to not sweat it too much and not put so much willpower, willpower and conscious effort that we just, you know, put all this resistance on it. It doesn't have to be that way. The next letters are relinquish. Learn to relinquish the grief and learn to relinquish the way that you thought things were supposed to go. Like when I lost my home and when I lost everything, I spent so many days, months, and even some years blaming myself and just wanting to just hammer myself and let myself have it and just wondering like how could this situation how could this period of my life be something that could help me how could this be something that could be favorable in hindsight it's 2020 because i see all the while what this was supposed to contribute i had to relinquish what I thought my life was supposed to look like, what I thought my life was supposed to be to accommodate the new developments that God had for me. They probably felt very, very uncomfortable. 
You know, they probably felt very different, probably left me feeling a little exposed. But also, these are the feelings that I chose to walk away with because someone else could have walked away feeling encouraged and feeling eager for a challenge. You know what I mean? So we have to be careful of how we respond. But those were the responses that I chose. But after I had time, after the dust settled, I had time to learn and really sit with my thoughts and sit with my feelings. I had time to see that it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. You know, living in my apartment alone, I always had this fear that I would lose everything because I was going through a period of just getting laid off and fired from job, from job, from job. And I think when you move out on your own and have your own place, the biggest fear that you can have is losing everything and being home. And, you know, even though I lost everything, technically, you know what I'm saying, I was homeless for a time because I was living with someone else who wasn't my own home, but I wasn't on the streets. And it made the difference. And I saw that, you know, I survived it and God created the space for me to survive it. And, you know, I probably, has not, I probably wasn't always comfortable that way I wanted to be or, you know, whatever, but I wasn't on the streets. And to be able to have that situation happen, I was able to embrace the fear that I carried around for so many years. I was able to embrace the fear and know that I made it a bigger deal than what it really was. And that I came out on top and survived. We have to relinquish the control, all the control on how we feel life is supposed to go and what it's supposed to be like so we can make room so God can have his vision and God can have his way. The last letter is A, assess. Learn to assess the value in everything that happened with you. Maybe you were with your husband or with your wife for 19 years and it was an ugly divorce, you know, and it just got real ugly and personal. And now you, it's time for you to live your life on your own and figure out who you are outside of that marriage and outside of that situation. Whatever the situation may be for you, maybe you were in this job in corporate America for 30 years and now you're starting your own business and it's a uh, a different animal than what you thought what everybody told you it's a different animal than working for someone and you just don't know what to make of it but you're pulling and you're trying to hold on you know assess the value in everything and find ways in you know what I'm saying to be humorous and find ways to entertain why certain things came together and how they're coming together allowed you to understand something more about how life works about how reality works or understand something more about how you were showing up and how you need to show up now or about how you weren't loving yourself and how you love yourself now you know take the time to create those images of before and after how when you were living your life like this before you were this way doing this behaving this way you weren't happy you know you weren't being kind to yourself you weren't buying yourself clothes and shoes you weren't there for yourself but now that the situation's happened you show up for yourself a lot more differently find ways to assess the value find different ways to pick yourself up and see the purpose and the necessity in that major life experience happening for you or happening to you so there you have it engross relinquish and assess in the next episode, we are going to talk about the power of grief. So you definitely don't want to miss that one. If you haven't had a chance yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts and please leave a comment and a rating. 
If you feel led or compelled to, please donate whatever you can to the channel. It's much appreciated, and we just appreciate you wholeheartedly for any support that you have to give. As always, y'all know that I want to thank y'all for supporting the Medizen Cabinet, where we get experimental about exploring your potential. Lastly, you are strong. You are enough. You are wise. And baby, you are tough. Peace.